1: Hello and welcome to the show, everyone. We are going to be covering the conference championships this weekend in the AFC and the NFC for the right to go to the Super Bowl. Man, it has been a wild NFL season with plenty of twists, turns, substitute QBs, injuries out the wazoo, and yet it comes down to four of the best teams in the league. And you could say they are the four best teams in the league at the moment because you've got the Chiefs still still getting it done despite all the issues with not having Tyreek Kill anymore, not having the roster depth uh, and lift that they were supposed to get out of Juju Smith-Schuster and uh, Montavious uh, Valdez-Gantling. At the end of the day, the Chiefs are still in the AFC title game with a chance to get to their third Super Bowl in four years. Incredible. Hosting the Cincinnati Bengals, who are looking to get back to the Super Bowl after uh, coming up short last year when they were minutes away from winning it all. Meanwhile, you've got the Philadelphia Eagles, whom, again, people will say i'm I, I am whining about it no it's not whining it's just telling it like it is the dumbest trade of the offseason still the beneficiaries were the eagles getting aj brown from the titans with jalen hurts jalen hurts of all people sixteen uh, potentially able to go 16 and 1 as a starter if he wins on Sunday, sixteen and one, he could become en route to the Super Bowl as a starter. Like, are we are we, are we kidding ourselves here? He could become sixteen and one as a starter. I don't want, want people to say that. Jalen Hurts, the same Jalen Hurts who got benched at Alabama for two attack of viola. And everyone agreed with the decision. The same Jalen Hurts who had to transfer to Oklahoma. And people were wondering, can Jalen actually replicate the success of Baker Mayfield? The same Jalen Hurts who had to sit behind Carson Wentz and everyone was wondering, I wonder how the Eagles are going to make him a wide receiver. The same Jalen Hurts that they were trying to work gimmick plays for and People wondering, why did they waste a draft pick on this guy? All these were valid questions. Jalen Hurts has a chance to go 16-1 and as a starter this year if he wins on Sunday against the 49ers led by Brock Purdy, who has the chance to become the first ever rookie QB to win a conference title game. Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, literally Mr. Irrelevant, seventh-round draft pick, last pick in the draft, Brock Purdy. The same Brock Purdy who, by the way, never beat Iowa when he was at Iowa State. That Brock Purdy never won anything of note at Iowa State. There's a reason why he was Mr. Irrelevant. Brock Purdy could go to the Super Bowl. Believe me, i watched Brock Birdie in college for four years. If you told me, like, if this is the wild part. If you told me it was Patrick Mahomes and uh, Joe Burrow in a conference title game, yeah, I expect that. Jalen Hurts, a uh, bit of a stretch, but then again, John Robinson decided to trade A.J. Brown, and, you know, we are where we are. Okay, we, 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 can t- we, we can live with that reality, especially considering the fact that to get here, they, all they had to do was beat the Giants. Uh, I mean, let's let's be real here. It's not like th- they had to actually do that much work. It it, it it is still the Giants and a Giants team led by Daniel Jones. Uh, I'm sorry. I am sorry, Giants fans. I am sorry. But I did tell you that they could get blown out and... Dan Jones was not going to get the rushing that people were expecting. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. His ceiling is still Tannehill. He better not get paid more than 25 mil a year. I'm just saying that at Like, off to the side for Giants fans and everyone going crazy and Lawrence sign losing his mind on Twitter at Giants fans saying why Dan Jones can't be paid like a top-tier quarterback because he's not a top-tier quarterback. You know, you know who the Giants could have had as a top-tier quarterback if they didn't draft Daniel Jones and waited a year to draft the quarterback? They could have had Joe Burrow. I want everyone to remember the Giants, if they just stuck with Eli for one more year instead of jumping the gun to draft the QB, could have had Joe Burrow. I, I want every Giants fan to remember this moment. As I say this to them and how they want to extol the virtues of Daniel Jones and how hard he played this year, Daniel Jones is a hard worker. I want you all to understand, though, if the Giants waited a year to draft Daniel... Instead of drafting Daniel Jones and waited an extra year and just played out the string with that terrible offensive line that Eli had to suffer through for the last five years of his career, the Giants would have been in position to draft Joe Burrow. And if you are a Giants fan and actually trying to say with a straight face you would still take Dan Jones of Joe i i I got a bridge to sell you because you you deserve to get uh, you deserve to get hoodwinked and bamboozled if you're crazy enough to believe that so that's the truth of the matter but if you're telling me that the AFC winner has to play Jalen Hurts or Brock Purdy from the NFC side. The craziest thing of it all is that this Niners team is actually good enough that, in spite of the fact that it's Brock Purdy at QB, this Niners team is deep enough that they can actually beat the Eagles and still find a way to win the Super Bowl. That's the craziest thing about all of this. Because I know folks want to say that Brock Purdy has taken over the QB role. And Truth be told, Trey Lance has not had enough work, uh, uh, work uh, and film to actually justify saying that he's uh, the clear cut number one next year. But for everyone trying to make the parallels to Brock Purdy and Tom Brady, I, I, I gotta, I gotta tell you to pump the brakes here because the key to Brady's success is the fact that he just kept improving and working at the craft Tom Brady in those early Super Bowl years was still better than Brock Purdy not dramatically better but he was still better the the issue with Brady is that he is still the most opportunistic uh athlete I have ever seen and I and I don't mean that to say he he can't be considered the greatest of all time I'm just saying Brady was one of the most opportunistic dudes. Brock Purdy's gonna have to be opportunistic if he's gonna beat the Eagles. That that's where it comes down to. Because on the AFC side, we don't know the status of Mahomes' ankle. Personally, I think it's completely jacked up. the uh, The Chiefs are showing Mahomes doing that little jogging clip. Everyone show, showed the jogging clip of Mahomes. And, you know, they, they they took him off the injury report. They they want to say Patrick Mahomes is fine. The line, you know, it was originally Chiefs favored uh, by, uh, by three. Then it dropped. And then the Bengals became favored by a point. And now with all the injury news, Mahomes and the Chiefs are back favored by a point and a half at this time. And to me, this is the dumbest... Uh, swing of all time. Like, Do people not remember when the Rams kept saying Todd Gurley was going to be ready for the Super Bowl and then we watched one of the most painful Super Bowls of all time as Sean McVay got bodied by Bill Belichick and there was no Todd Gurley to be seen anywhere because Gurley was not remotely healthy. Do people not remember? Did, 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 did they forget that Super Bowl? Well, I, I know... I know many people did because they tried to bleach out their eyeballs after uh, watching it. I personally have seen that Rams Pat <laughs> Super Bowl from Super Bowl fifty three, like because that was uh, twenty. That was four years ago. I mean, I've seen that Super Bowl six different, at least six times, and it's a terrible game, but it's a tactically one of the greatest Super Bowl games ever called because of how badly Bill Belichick bodied Uh, Sean McVay but my point is people get so sucked into what all the BS these teams are saying it's a high ankle sprain for Patrick Mahomes I want people to understand this a high ankle sprain can take anywhere from three to seven weeks to heal properly if that you're trying to dope up Patrick Mahomes on as much pain medication as possible how the hell is Patrick Mahomes supposed to use his mobility with a ran, uh, uh, a Bengals defense that actually matches up pretty well against Phil, uh, uh, against the Chiefs offensive line? And and you're you're trying to say with a straight face that Patrick Mahomes is going to be okay? There, there's a reason why Vegas has his rushing prop at nine and a half. Patrick Mahomes, healthy, has a rushing prop north of 25 yards every game. At a minimum. At a minimum, his rushing prop's are over 25. In a given week. Most uh, In other weeks, especially given certain opponents, they put it over 30 for a reason. Because Mahomes is going to scramble. Vegas knows that ankle's jacked up. They're not going to put a, a number north of 17 yards. You know why? Because everyone will be hammering the under. Now with that 10, there's a chance that Mahomes could scramble, blow out the ankle, be done for the game, but it, it's actually close enough where it's it, it, like, it gives you pause of if you ever want to bet the under. And enough people might still be crazy enough to bet the over. Mahomes' ankle is jacked up. Vegas does not want to take a chance on this. Though that being said, can the Chiefs figure out a way of winning this game with Mahomes having a jacked up ankle? Strangely, yes. Because Mahomes is that good and Andy Reid is that kind of dude Uh, along with Biennium in terms of designing plays. Now, how do the Chiefs actually win this game if Mahomes is as compromised as he is? Basically, they're going to have to play ball control, which is the craziest thing to ever imagine the Chiefs, this high-powered offense that you've known for over a decade. You're following Mahomes, like, even before Mahomes and Alex Miffle's running the offense, putting up big numbers offensively. The Chiefs are actually going to have to play ball control. They're going to have to limit the number of possessions in this game. They have to chew clock. The the Chiefs actually have to keep the Bengals off the field for well over 33 minutes this game. Like the the Chiefs basically their pathway to victory is the time possessions got to be north of 33 minutes. They have to chew the clock because if they let the Bengals run the ball and play action with Joe Burrow because the Bengals are going to run on the Chiefs. As good as the Chiefs run defense is, the Bengals don't care. The Bengals are going to run the ball and they're still going to have success moving the ball in the pile because of the fact that their offensive line, while not that great at pass blocking, is pretty good at run blocking and Joe Mixon falls forward. So even though Joe Mixon... Probably isn't going to break 70 yards rushing. He's probably going to hit this 60-yard prop that most uh, books have him at. Because, like, across the board, most sports books have him either at 58.5 or 57.5. Some places have it up to 60. Obviously, you wouldn't bet it there. But that's the truth. You could get the, mi- uh, the mix of rushing props in that high 50 range. And I think he's going over. The key to this game is. How much can the Chiefs avoid. Burrow taking deep shots down the field. To Jamar t- Chase. Because Jamar Chase has victimized this Chiefs team over the years. I, and I love Steve Spagnolo, the, uh, the Chiefs uh, defensive coordinator. But Spaggs. Just like he would uh, dial up plays for the Giants, he loves the blitz. It is the dumbest idea to try to blitz this Bengals team with Jamar Chase. Burrow and Chase are always on the same page. You're not going to get the same mistakes out of Burrow that you were able to get out of uh, Trevor Lawrence. I I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. So when you you play that game of we're going to blitz, you have got to get home. You've got to disrupt the pass. If you don't get home, it's probably going to be a 50-yard play or worse, a touchdown to the Bengals. And the issue with the Chiefs today is, I don't see Kansas City putting up more than 24 points in this game. I, I don't see it. And that's, it's a big problem. It's a big problem. Because the issue is that, as long as he is compromised, I can't see Mahomes doing the the usual scramble drills to run for first downs to keep the clock moving that he normally would. I think the Chiefs are going to have to get away uh, and find a way to somehow get this game into a comfortable range where they can win this one 2421. They it's like they got to find a way to slow the Bengals down enough and to me that means running the ball. If the Chiefs get into a spot and I'm serious here, if the Chiefs get into a spot where this uh turns into a shootout, they I think they're going to they they I think they're get they're going to get spanked. Like th- that's the truth of the matter. If and this is and I know this is going to be tough for people to hear. Last year, I was surprised that the Bengals hung in there because, as much as I think Zach Taylor's a terrible coach, the amount of talent he has—it doesn't matter. It do- it really doesn't matter. <laughs> it's like it, with that as much talent, it's plug and play. You throw it over the top. The talent of the Bengals is just superior to most teams. And they are not a good matchup for the Chiefs. Defensively, what the Chiefs want to do, they can't get away with the blitzing that they've been able to do with pretty much every other squad. So, where it it comes down to is that unless they are going to be... And again... I say this, uh, you know, fully expecting the best uh, the best version of Patrick Mahomes he can do because that is just who Patrick Mahomes is. I don't see how the Chiefs get more than twenty four points. Like this is this over unders at forty seven, they have to keep it under. If this game goes over forty seven and a half, the Bengals are going to win this game. I, I, I just firmly believe it. I think the Bengals win this game, and I think they win it handily if this game hits the over. Because if the Bengals get to 30, I don't see I don't see a pathway for the Chiefs to actually win this game. And that's the simple truth of the matter. So, with that being said, I have to look at this and objectively say, from a, a betting perspective, you can take the uh, Bengals and take them on the money line as a dog, and you don't even need the points because I honestly think if you take the Bengals and take the over, th- uh, this is a uh, this is a straightforward now. Can the Bengals win this game if it goes under? Yeah, because it, it could just be the case where the Chiefs are still so compromised with Patrick Mahomes that the Chiefs don't score enough points. This is where like people keep assuming that the Chiefs' offense is, go- is going to be able to function normally with uh, Mahomes injured. The Chiefs are going to have to try to force... Uh, They're going to have to try to force uh, a couple of plays and hope for the best, in my opinion. Because I look at this, and it's a pretty clear-cut case that the more likely scenario is that the Chiefs don't break 17 points. That's a more likely scenario of everything going on here. I think Mahomes is going to have to try to throw... For three hundred plus yards today, and the and the problem is is that Kelsey, and as great as Travis Kelsey is, this is a tough matchup for Travis Kelsey. The Bengals uh, defensively, their linebackers size wise actually match up pretty decently against uh, uh, Kelsey, and. Because of the fact that, again, I cr- I criticize uh, 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 Juju Smith Sh- uh, Schuster, but it's the truth. Juju has sucked. He is straight up sucked, and the Bengals are still one of the top teams in the league from a defensive standpoint against tight ends. Like they they are in the top ten. Against uh, tight ends now, granted it's Kelsey, so Kelsey could find a way, but the problem is, this is when a lot of Kelsey's plays come from are breakdowns in coverage because uh, Mahomes is able to scramble. Well, if Mahomes are not able to scramble. Kelsey's going to have to get early, op- uh, er- uh, early uh, open early. But he's going to get jammed constantly. Someone else has to open up Travis Kelsey. The only guy on the Chiefs roster that I would trust to be of real significance in this game is Kadarius Tony. And at 3,700 on DraftKings, he is the wild card in all of this. Because if Kadarius Tony does anything, he's going to be on more than likely the optimal for this two-game slate because his price tag is cheaper than anybody else. And you can talk about Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Valdez-Scantling, the only way he can get there is on a go route and the and the Bengals fall asleep in coverage and he catches a deep pass from Mahomes. That's literally the only way Valdez-Scantling is going to do anything in this game. Juju gets no separation. Foul that Scantling gets no separation unless the guy falls asleep on a go route and he he runs straight past them. That's the problem for the Chiefs. All these receivers don't get separation, and even Kelsey, as good as he is at getting separation, he still needs time to run the route. If they jam the way I expect the Bengals to jam him at the line of scrimmage, I don't see where Kelsey is getting the time to get open for Mahomes under pressure because he can't move. This is where I see the Chiefs offense stalling considerably. And it's not being accounted for what I'm seeing in the betting lines. There's a real chance that KC can get spanked in this game. And as good as KC is, Mahomes being compromised mobility-wise is probably the worst thing that could have happened to them. Because now, everyone is going to have to rejigger the offense. I don't see Pacheco getting as much uh, snap counts as uh, you would expect. Because Pacheco is an inferior pass blocker to McKinnon. McKinnon, while he can run, I think because they're so afraid of Mahomes, I think they're going to tuck him in for more pass protection than anything else. Unless they feel really comfortable about the coverage that Cincinnati's flashing to them because sometimes Cincinnati will show the blitz and then back off. McKinnon's going to be stuck pass blocking more in the game, so he's not going to get the underneath passing that they usually want to get. It, like, it's a big deal because people are, are trying to make the case that Mahomes could recover from a high ankle sprain given moderate, the advances in modern technology, this, that, and the other. Listen, they're going to dope him up Give him a Percocet and hope he can just suck it up and ignore the pain. The problem is, once you start getting a quarter or two into that game, it won't matter how much pain meds are in there. It's still going to be jacked up for an ankle. And as soon as he gets into one bad scramble or someone lands on it in a funny way because they tackle, it's going to be right back to where we were last week with him hobbling around, hopping on one leg. And they still need him to come back because... That game was very much in doubt to the Jags. I'm just saying, folks, there's a real chance Cincinnati goes off, puts it on them early, and you're left with Mahomes trying to suck it up and get the offense going when they only have maybe 10 points at halftime. There's a real chance this could happen. And so what ended up being a blowout last week at Buffalo could be another blowout situation in Arrowhead. It, it, you know, people don't want to accept this reality, but this Chiefs team is worse than the Bills team that the Bengals beat last week. That That's the truth of the matter. I said this before. The winner of the uh, Bengals-Bills game was going to go on to beat KC and Arrowhead. I firmly believe that then. I believe it even more now. But the degree to which uh, this loss happens... There, there is a very real potential for Kansas City uh, to get absolutely blown out. And everyone's going to act shocked. It's like, oh, well, the injury played a role in it. Not necessarily. It, it, he it, Mahomes is compromised. But the ease with which, uh, since he blew out Buffalo, they could have done that to KC. And it, and it would not have shocked me. Uh... If if it if it if it went down that way uh, in the AFC title game, even with Mahomes healthy, now you're telling me Mahomes is injured, and they got to find a way to beat Cincy, whom I already believe is better than them when they're healthy. I don't know, folks. It, like you guys can go in a different direction in terms of your betting, but if you're taking Kansas City as a favorite. You're doing it wrong. The time to the time to bet KC was when they were showing up as an underdog, and since he got favored by one point, that was the time to, to uh, take the uh, KC and uh, throw it into a teaser. But now, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, <clears throat> I don't get it with folks who are trying to make the case that it doesn't matter about Mahomes' ankle. It absolutely matters. If he can't move, who's going to get separation for him? Because even Kelsey needs time to run the routes properly. And Mahomes is under pressure, he's going to get rid of that ball sooner than he normally would because he knows he can't scramble and he doesn't want to jack up the ankle any further. They're going to have more stalled drives and if they stall out drives, I think he, uh, he makes them pay. So, to me... Roster construction-wise, from a DFS perspective, I look at this and say, you can put in Burrow, Mixon, and Chase uh, in your lineup. If you want to do a Chiefs runback, the runback is Kadarius Tony. I know people want to play Travis Kelsey. Everyone and their grandmother is going to try to play Travis Kelsey at 7,800 on DraftKings and 8,500 on FanDuel. Pricing-wise, it's soft enough that you can play Kelsey. But if the vast majority of the country is playing Travis Kelsey and he's going to have over 65 to 70% ownership, it absolutely makes zero sense for me to recommend playing Travis Kelsey. You are better off just fading the field. And maybe Travis Kelsey goes off. But I think the potential for Dallas Goddard... George Kittle to have big games is more than enough reason to get pivot off of Kelsey. Because if you uh, pair some of these other high price receivers that could score, as opposed to the chiefs, I think realistically from a pass catching standpoint, the chiefs need Kadarius Tony and Kelsey to go off these other dudes. I don't see any point in, in them being rostered today. Uh, well, tomorrow, because between Juju and Marquez Valdez scantling to me, these are these are just not the dudes for this moment. It, it, it's it's really simple. Without Tyreek, the Chiefs were unable to develop a number one wide receiver, and that guy could have been Kadarius Toney, but if Tony's been injured. And they only got Tony because Tony refused to play for the Giants. Like, the Chiefs got bailed out by Canarius Tony refusing to play for the Giants. And even still, it may not be enough against this bagel squad. So, to me, I think you work it in reverse. Find a way where you think the Chiefs actually score a bunch of points. I've already tried to do the math. In my head, I don't see it happening. I think the Bengals being the cheapest defense on the, the slate, because everyone just assumes Casey's going to put up points, are the best play today. Because you got a immobile Mahomes. He's going to try to throw the ball sooner than usual. You can pick him off. You can force a fumble because he's not, he's not going to be able to scramble and move and cut and plan as you normally would. You can, you can swipe at the ball. There's way more risk with uh, playing Mahomes in the Chiefs offense than ever before. And the public is still going to play the Chiefs, assuming that, hey, they said the ankle's good to go. Why not? I'm sorry. Th- th- this is just like, this just feels like get, a bamboozle situation. I don't think the Bengals falling for it. I am definitely going to need to see it to believe it. I don't think Mahomes is anywhere close to healthy. Uh, and by healthy, I mean at least 70%. I think Mahomes is probably closer to 60% and he's going to gut it out. But, man, this seems like such an arduous and uphill battle that it's going to be a testament to Mahomes' character sucking it up and playing playing out the string. But I do not see where uh, the Chiefs have an advantage in this matchup today. I mean, tomorrow, I'm 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 thinking it's fun, uh, Sunday fun day, but you know, it, it's 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 just not it's not it's not the matchup. It's like as much as I want to say this is going to be a compelling game, I don't see it happening. I think the Chiefs pretty much get bodied and I think the Bengals win by 10 I honestly do but there's a pathway for the Chiefs they, they just have very thin margins but if the Bengals play the way they did against Buffalo last week it's gonna be an ugly game all right that does it for my recap of uh, the uh, Chiefs and Bengals breakdown We're going to take a quick break, circle back with the NFC Championship game where we have some pathways here to talk through. So I'll be right back after the sponsors. Stick around.
0: Don't go anywhere. The Fantasy Throwdown Podcast will be right back after our sponsors pay the bills. Welcome back to the show. Hope you got your popcorn ready.
1: Alright, we are back and gonna cover the game that actually should be the best game of the day. And, you know, again, who could have guessed Jalen Hurts versus Brock Purdy would be the game of the potential season coming into this year. I mean, what are you going to do? But you got the Niners traveling to Philly to play the Eagles. I think this is the this is the game because to me it comes down to very simple scenarios here. Can the Niners? Enforce their will with the ground game against Philly. Chew up clock. And can Philly enforce their will on the Niners with their uh, rushing attack? I just think this is very fascinating because the clash of styles is the fact that they both want to dictate time of possession. Whomever's going to win that wins the game because the big playability is there for both teams. It's easier for the Eagles to pull it off because of A.J. Brown. And as we saw last week with Ceedee Lamb of the Cowboys having a field day against the Niners, I think Philly has opportunities with the passing game over the top with Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown. The question is, Does Philly fall in love with the passing game the way Dallas did? And it comes back to bite them in the ass the way it did Dallas. Because Dallas could not run the ball once Tony Pollard got hurt. But Dallas did not want to use the screen game against the Niners. I think in order to win this game, people are going to say this is a wild card pick. But I don't think it's that crazy. I think the Eagles are going to need to use Kenneth Gainwell. And I know Miles Sanders is supposed to be the lead back, but Gainwell's going to be more useful in this game than Miles Sanders is. I don't think you're going to run it between the tackles on the Niners uh, the way you are with the Eagles, uh, the the way the Eagles are constructed. Now, is uh, Jalen Hurts going to be able to scramble and find rushing lanes? Yeah, rushing QBs can have success against the Niners uh, uh, if they lose the edge. But traditional uh, rushing plays... I don't see it having much of an effect against this Niners defense. I think Philly's going to have to try to get more done through the air with Jalen than uh, necessarily running the ball. So, yes, I know it's a little bit atypical of what Philly wants to do because they want to hit you with a big play over the top and then keep gashing you with the rushing game throughout. I think Philly's going to need to use their screen game attack with Gainwell. Take their shots down the field if Hurts identifies it. But they're going to have to use the intermediate uh, passing routes that will open up once they get the underneath game going with uh, the screen plays. I don't think traditional run, running plays are going to get it done against this Niners defense. Phil's going to have to spread them out. That's why I think Gainwell makes more sense for the Eagles than Miles Sanders does. I, I don't. I don't see the appeal of Miles Sanders in this game whatsoever. I, I think Miles Sanders is a bad play. I'm just going to say it. I think Miles Sanders, He's even though he's 5,200 and the price tag's relatively cheap uh, because he has the potential of uh, running it in from the two to three yard line, I think Miles Sanders is a terrible play overall for this matchup. I think you're going to need Kenneth Gainwell. And it's crazy to think that Kenneth Gainwell could be the X factor in a conference championship game. But I, I honestly think that's the case because with the Niners, you know what the Niners are going to do. They're going to find ways of getting the ball to Christian McCaffrey and to Deebo Samuel and to George Kittle. It's going to be those three dudes. And they're going to compromise basically 85% of the offense for the Niners on Sunday. I mean, that it, it, that's just the long and short of it. The bulk of the offense, I'd say 85% of the offense is gonna come from three dudes. It's gonna come from Kittle, Debo, and McCaffrey. Now, Brock Purdy's gonna be involved in that because of the passing yard, so Brock Purdy still makes sense. Uh, even though again, it's Brock Purdy and like fifty three hundred, you don't need the salary savings this week to drop down to fifty three hundred on a two game slate. But Brock Purdy is going to get you different enough compared to these other QBs. I think Brock Purdy has a real chance of actually putting up more uh, fantasy points than Patrick Mahomes. Which I know people would say is absolutely insane to say out loud. But it's the truth. Brock Purdy has the actual chance of putting up more points... Than Patrick Mahomes, given the matchup, it's it, it's it's crazy, but it's the truth. It's the, it's the God's the truth, uh, in my opinion. I think Purdy, because of the work they're go- they're going to get Debo, and they're going to line Debo in the backfield, so he's going to uh, have rushing plays. They're going to have screen plays for Debo. They're going to work to give Debo as many opportunities to uh, change the slate. Now, on the flip side, Kyle Shanahan is also going to call some design plays for George Kittle, where he might take a direct snap. He might rush, uh, do a rushing play or two. It's entirely possible. Now, because of uh, where things lie with uh, Kyle Shanahan, you won't know exactly which guy is going to get the feature rub to start off the first couple of drives. So he mixes it up uh, incredibly well, even though you know it's just those three heavy hitters that are going to account for the bulk of the offense. That's just the truth. But because he's going to run with them, use them as a running back. Yes. It negatively correlates with McCaffrey at times with the play calling, but because they are so creative, it, uh, it creates uh, that opportunity to get a little bit different and see if it works because at the end of the day, they're still, a number of uh, items left to explore that in this game and matchup, realistically it's a coin flip between A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith between their pricing and their potential production both guys can have a monster game but realistically it's going to be one or the other and so I would set the rule if you're only building one or two to, uh, couple of lineups I probably would set the rule to do one or the other between AJ Brown and Devonta Smith, unless you don't believe in Jamar Chase in the late game. You could have one of them replace. Uh, uh, you could uh, you could have them replace Jamar as a wide receiver, and just play both Philly at top wide receivers instead of splitting one of them up and then playing the uh, playing the lineup with Jamar. I, I think there's a, there's a, uh, there's other less uh, uh, crazy ways of approaching uh, uh, the roster construction, but uh, I, I think it's uh, it's it's a very viable case, in my opinion. I'll, I'll leave it at that. I don't think you can say it's irresponsible to limit your Philly exposure because I think Goddard's in play. I think A.J. Smith's in play. I think Devonta Smith are all in play for TDs from Jalen Hurts, who, even though he came back from the shoulder injury, I don't think is necessarily looking to do a ton of scrambling for touchdowns and and take a shot to that shoulder. So to me, I still look at this as a case where Philly's still going to err on the side of caution. They're not going to force-feed the ball in rushing-wise. They're still going to take shots in the passing game. And the most comfortable target I see with Purdy, from a uh, comfort level standpoint, and, and talking things through, is still uh, George Kittle uh, and his connection with uh, his uh, his connection with Brock Purdy. At the end of the day, those two seem to be on the same page, as if they've been playing together for quite some time. So it's not quite to the level of Burrow and what he has with Jamar Chase, but Purdy feels more comfortable throwing the ball to Kittle than pretty much any other receiver on the roster. That's why I'm not a fan of Brandon Ayuk or Jawan Jennings. These guys just don't get enough volume in the passing attack for San Fran to justify uh, playing them, unless somehow they end up in the end zone. But that's been few and far between uh, at the moment. So, again, I think this... uh, 49ers-Eagles game is a coin flip. Eagles are favored by uh, 3.5. I've seen some places go to 2.5. But this is a classic teaser spot. You take the Niners side, you tease it up, and you take the Bengals side and you tease it up. And that way, you kind of cover yourself from, unless it turns into a blowout, which I don't see happening, and you know my position on the Bengals. I think there's a pretty straightforward teaser spot. Um, you know, we, we shall see if uh, it swings back in the direction of uh, of uh, uh, swings back in the direction of uh, uh, San Fran a little bit more, and then on the uh, Bengals side, see if uh, this slide uh, starts easing back towards the Bengals after the public bet heavily on the Bengals side. Sharp started coming out on KC uh, just in case. We, we're going to see how this, uh, how this all shakes out, but I think it's uh, pretty straightforward that uh, the Bengals handle the Chiefs and it comes down to how many points in a back-and-forth contest can you get between the Eagles and Niners. So a lot to unpack there. But, from a roster construction standpoint, I want to be clear to folks. I am fading Patrick Mahomes. You can play Brock Purdy, although I likely am not getting there. I think you basically construct your lineups between Joe Burrow and Jalen Hurts. And then, from there, depending on who your QB is, you should be pairing them with at least two pass-catching options. Whether it's a Hayden Hurst, uh, the tight end for the Bengals... Or Dallas Goddard, uh, the tight ends count as well in terms of the requirements. So you basically get a wide receiver and a tight end in terms of your roster construction. You play McCaffrey because he's going to get volume no matter what. And you kind of manage some of the interactions uh, that uh, transpire between the, uh, at least the crux of the matter. Because as a whole of as a whole of the actual uh, game itself, this treads towards Philly getting enough points to put away the Niners. Because at the end of the day, it's still Brock Purdy. But if the Niners are out ahead and grind the clock, and it's up to Philly to catch up and then overtake the Niners, I still think that plays closer to the Niners' hands. Philly may have the better DFS score note because of the pass catching between Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown along with Goddard. So concentrated uh, player pools because we know who the primary targets are. You don't need to waste time on the ancillary guys. And uh, there's still going to be money at stake uh, in terms of lineups. And if you fade the Chiefs, especially Kelsey, the way I am, you're gonna have the salary to make it work. Uh, make it work for you. So that's gonna do it for me. Uh, we'll we'll be back with my dad probably do some commentary on uh, ahead of the games and uh, yeah we'll go from there. But yeah, we, we are in, certainly in favor of fading uh, uh, Kansas City and we're gonna see you know just how healthy he is. Uh, it could be a moment of surprise, uh, surprise, but. I, I don't necessarily see it coming, so uh, that's going to do it for me. Uh, best of luck, everyone, and until next time, I uh, s- uh, hope you have a good time watching the games, and, uh, yeah, I'll see you around. Have a good one.
0: Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and all major outlets.